Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. Today, I'm going to talk about what I consider to be a risky new trend in 401k accounts, buying Bitcoin through your employer plan. Also, we touched on this before, but tipping has become a big conundrum for people because it spread to all kinds of areas that it didn't exist in before. And it's on people's minds. I want to talk about it. And try to do so without sounding like Ebenezer Scrooge. Wish me luck. So crypto is something that is very much on people's minds, particularly people that are younger have really been into crypto, are fascinated by it. I'm asked all the time when I'm just out and about, people stop me wanting to talk about crypto. And so crypto has an enormous level of interest in a segment of the American people, particularly skewed younger. And people are looking at it as potentially a get-rich-quick. That's what it's been about. It's been a highly speculative thing in the early stages of electronic money. Electronic money in various forms is going to be more and more part of our lives over our lifetimes. But crypto is still very, very rookie season. Now, Fidelity Investments, which is, if I recall right, the largest administrator of 401k plans in the United States. If they're not the largest, they're right up there. And Fidelity has always been cutting edge and innovative. And so they are making, uh, buying Bitcoin as part of owning a 401k, an option that employers will be able to choose whether to add or not add. And then there'll be limits how much of your 401k can be in it and things like that. But it's just for Bitcoin, because Bitcoin is the most established, most long recognized form of crypto. But 401k is really your steady as you go money. And crypto, at this point in its life, doesn't fit that. I mean, if you look at the pricing charts for Bitcoin, and you see the moves wildly up and down in the value per Bitcoin in a matter of days, weeks, or months, and then you look at other things and see the movements in them completely different, because even Bitcoin is the most established of cryptos, doesn't yet have a clear, consistent value. You will know that electronic money, digital money, has matured and become a real part of how world economies work when the value becomes much more predictable. 
So right now, this is a very high risk kind of thing. And it is a speculative kind of thing. And not the kind of thing that even if your employer says later this year, good news, you now have the option of putting some of your 401k money in Bitcoin. I would not be excited about that. And I know that there have been some uh, posts lately from really strong advocates of cryptocurrencies who have been very unhappy with people like me who uh, they look at it as uh, pretending that they get digital currency, but at the same time telling people about the downsides of them. And so I'm guilty as charged. And if that makes people unhappy that are strong crypto advocates, fine. Because the reality is we've been moving more and more towards digital payment systems since the 1960s, even before computers became so prominent, even before the internet became part of our lives, that we've been moving digital. We don't think of it this way, but if I pull out my phone and I pay for something with GPay, or you pull out an iPhone and you pay with Apple Pay, that is a form of electronic money. Essentially, if you use a credit card to buy online, you're using a form of digital money. This is just another version of digital money, but one that is, when you start talking about cryptos, but one that is not tied in to a specific government entity. But then neither is Apple Pay or GPay or these other things. So it's just not there yet as something that has predictable, reliable value that you can use routinely knowing what the value will be for everyday purchases or sales of merchandise, either as a merchant selling or a customer buying. And so that's why if you were to put any Bitcoin in a 401k administered by Fidelity, know that you want to just do essentially what in your mind would be the play money, that it would be the lowest share of what you did, if you did it at all, and you don't bet the farm on something that is still incubating, that's still trying to find its rightful place in our wallets. So, Fidelity, I know why you did it. It's just not ready for prime time. Krista? Okay, a lot of people probably have the same question as Jerry in Georgia. Since the stock market is so volatile right now, should I at least suspend my automatic $500 per month contribution to my 401k until things settle down? Lately, it just feels like I'm pouring money into a black hole. Yeah, Jerry, and and we are going to see what the investment class likes to call continued volatility, (laughs) which means we could see stomach-churning declines, in our investments, the U.S. stock market, other stock markets could see, you know, ugliness ahead. And that's how stock markets play. The irony is that if you are mid or early career, it's actually to your long-term financial advantage 
that the market goes through stomach churning times and the value of your 401k in the short term declines because every month you're putting the $500 in, you're buying more shares of things. It's kind of like when we go shop and we go into a clothing store, nobody goes to the racks that the clothes are full price, right? Everybody goes and buys at the bargain rack, the clearance rack, the sale rack. Well, not everybody. (laughs) Thank goodness for the retailers that not everybody thinks like I do and buys the clearance (laughs) merchandise. Anyway, with investing, we think the opposite. We are comfortable putting our money in, in our 401k every pay period or putting in a Roth IRA or whatever we're doing, however we're investing. We're comfortable when the market's going up and then we're paying full share price and we get nervous when the prices are essentially on sale. I'm such a believer in the intrinsic nature of the free enterprise system and capitalism that owners do what's in their enlightened self-interest to make a product or service that people want to buy and that they can sell at a profit. I mean, that's why societies improve over time. That's why wealth flows to owners that In your case, Jerry, I would say you want to keep doing exactly what you're doing because this marketplace long-term serves you better than if we were in a cycle where things were going up, up, up every month. This is from Rob in Pennsylvania. We are switching from a regional monster mega bank to a local credit union. Any tips on how to make this transition safe and easy? We've been banking with our mega bank for 15 years. Our mortgage will probably stay there, but we have a lot of other automatic payments tied to them. Is it worth the hassle to switch? Yes. And uh, this bears repeating that several other countries in the world have required uh, a system of payment portability on the part of banks because electronic payments, ACHs, automatic bill pay. And so there's the banks are all interoperable on that and it's only because the banks don't want it to be easy for consumers to switch and our government has not required what so many governments have overseas which requires that when you would switch let's say from this monster bank to a local credit union that all your ACHs automatic payments and all that would just automatically switch. Just like we used to have the thing with cell phones where you couldn't take your number with you. And that was how the cell phone carriers kept people from being able to switch to a competitor because people didn't want to give up their phone numbers. And then we got true number portability and suddenly people started going wherever the best deal was and prices are now one fifth or one sixth of what they were before true number portability. So we don't have the payment portability in the United States. So yeah, you've got to spend about 20, 25 minutes sitting down, migrating your bill pays over if you use electronic bill pay. You've got to remember the ACHs you have coming out of your account. You look at your statement. You've got to change those. That doesn't take long either. If you set aside a relatively short period of time, you can migrate all your bill pays and all your ACHs and have that monster bank in the rearview mirror and be at the credit union where life is usually much more friendly because you're amongst owners. I would also personally keep 
both accounts open. Keep the old account open for a couple months in case there's something you missed or forgot about because that could get ugly. Okay. So that's just my two cents. Carlos in Kentucky says, please help Clark. My mother is a serial sucker for the private loan online investment scam. He links to her current obsession website. How do I convince a 66-year-old woman she doesn't know what the heck she's doing with her Forest Service pension? I just don't know what to do. This is probably the sixth type of these programs she's been in. And I'll tell you, I looked at this site, Clark, and the URL was created less than two months ago. And it says they have all these affiliates that you can, you're sort of investing in. I clicked on each one. They all have the same address. So they're all just the same person that set up this website. So somebody who's a really, really good con artist Mm -hmm. set this up. All right. So Carlos, if you can play this for your, your mom. So mom, you got this fantastic forest service pension. It should easily provide for the cost of living. And you don't want to put your financial security at risk with fly-by-night promissory loan people. So let me tell you what this is. So how promissory loans work, somebody will say, hey, you're going to turn your money at 10% a month or 8% a month or whatever. We're going to offer you these great returns on your money. And it's just a phenomenal thing. And so they they tell you they're going to pay you this money. And what you don't know how it's going to play is... Are they running a Ponzi scheme, which means that they're taking money from later people and paying interest payments to early people or what's going on? Or if they really are doing high risk lending, which has a very high default rate and the odds are very high that you can lose much or all of the money that you, I use the word loosely, invest in the promissory notes. Promissory notes are extremely dangerous for you to get involved in with any money that matters in your life please don't do this so we'll see what happens next it's uh and i want to tell you carlos you're a good son trying to protect your 66 year old mom straight ahead it's everywhere you go now tipping is being asked for even at places where that never applied before. And there's multiple sides to this. What are you supposed to do? How do you decide? And when is it you're being fair to yourself? And when is it you're not dissing that person who's right across from you? This is tough stuff we're going to talk about. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. People now pay for most everything electronically. And there's this, uh, I guess it's a meme floating around Mm -hmm. about how when you see the iPad at any place you go to, be afraid. Yeah, like that means you're about to tip for something you've never had to tip for before. (laughs) Yeah, and so 
uh, you had an experience recently. Yeah, I talked about where that. you were at a um, cosmetic shop. Yeah, and you were asked to tip, tip the their... person who would help me select some items. Yeah, and we're seeing the tipping thing just about anywhere and everywhere. It's become part of what we're being asked to do. Well, I just had another one. I just want to say that I, that just happened to me. I feel like it keeps happening to me where I took my son to this place that you would think you would not normally tip. And it's a medical type. Yeah. Service. And they turned the iPad around and I couldn't (laughs) see it this time. Usually with the iPad, it'll say, you want to tip this percent, this percent, this percent, and you choose one at the very top in small type. It had automatically put 20% on there. And so you had to change it if you wanted to. And it was hard to see. And I thought that was terrible. Well, you know, the reality is it works. I mean, that when you're on an app and it suggests or already fills in a tip, when you are at any kind of business and they flip the iPad around or the screen, it will have either already pre-filled tip or suggested tip. This is difficult because there are a lot of places we go to every day that tipping was not historically part of our lives. The people who were working there hopefully were being paid a sufficient amount of money, um, not necessarily, but it's like, where, where does it start and stop? I have seen something recently that I never would have imagined but twice recently, I've seen people attempt to tip flight attendants, hmm. going, you know, leaving a plane, hmm. handing out Interesting. tips. So, only seen it twice. One took the tip, the other did not. So, this is all tied in with an economy where a lot of people in service jobs have not been adequately compensated over the years. They've not been paid enough for what they do in order to be able to provide the basics of life. And we are being asked to subsidize it. A lot of things in the food industry, if you go to a sit down restaurant, you expect that part of it is your server is going to be tipped and that you will tip your server generously for providing really good service. But I just saw at a sit down restaurant where the suggested tips were 20%, 25%, and 30%. And it gave the amounts for mm-hmm. each. I had not seen 20, 25, and 30 before. But the bigger thing is when you go to a place that is cafeteria style line, or you go to a coffee shop or whatever, that we are now being expected at the sandwich shop or wherever where there's no table service. You go up to a counter, you order your food, and you get it, and that it's become routine. If it is a quick serve that you tip, if it's fast food, you don't. So I find that very ironic because fast food workers are at the lowest pay point of the food chain, and people who are working at a quick serve or cafe or whatever likely are higher up the pay chain but tipping is now becoming routine at those places and not at fast food. So I guess the next is when you go through the drive through at the Burger King that people are going to be asked on the thing if they want to tip. 
Haven't heard that yet or it's seen that. Coming. Yeah. I think so, it's coming. So I have, this is a spontaneous question, but can we, on our boards, can we put one up with people commenting about tipping? In our community? Yeah, that's absolutely I'd love for we'll us do to that. do that because this is one. And we'll do it is, on social media too, on our Facebook and Instagram for sure. This is really on people's minds about the tipping. I'm sorry I threw you under the bus asking that question because no. I don't know how any of that stuff works. Team but, Clark can do anything. How about that? All right, we can even come up with a solution to when do you tip and when you don't and how much? Oh my gosh, yeah. But it's we really, can? Yeah, I don't know. Wow, if we we're can. pretty, we're I don't pretty think powerful. We can do that. Yeah. Anyway, I want to know where your head is on this and what you think we should be doing about something that is a really difficult thing to navigate these days. Yeah. I mean, you, you go to a lot of nicer places than I do, so you experience this a lot more That's than I do. That's not true at all. That is untrue. You're throwing me under the bus. There you're throwing no, me No, but that is bus. true. Oh, um, one place people don't tip that I want you really to think about and do tip is a lot of people back out traveling again. When you stay at a hotel, mm. the man or woman who cleans up your room, the housekeeper, they are so ignored, they're overworked, they are underpaid, and please remember to tip them. You don't see them, so you don't think about it. Just just leave some money in the room for that man or woman who does a job that is n- not the nicest job in the world to have to do. Mm-hmm. Always. Okay, we'll get to some questions now. This is from Monty in Minnesota. I know you're a big fan of account takeover protection for T-Mobile. Up until now, that service has not been available for prepaid customers. That has now changed. I was able to add takeover protection to my $15 T-Mobile Connect plan. Finally, spread the word. Keep up the excellent work. You're the best. Love the show, Monty. Okay, so you you just reading, you, you uh, censored what... Monty said, he said, you too are the oh, best. I missed that. Okay. Thank okay. you, Monty. All right, Monty. So thank you for mentioning this. I did not know that T-Mobile had added a takeover protection to their prepaid plans. That's fantastic. Um, what we're talking about here is where criminals try to hijack your SIM service and suddenly your phone doesn't work because they're trying to take over your two-factor authentication so they can empty your bank account, 401k account, brokerage account, whatever account. And so the cell phone carriers have not had the greatest security in there should be, the type of security there should be to allow any UFO to come and steal your cell phone service. And account takeover protection that T-Mobile has sets up additional verification steps before someone is able to steal your cell phone service. And from CM in Florida, I'm a timeshare owner and I hate that I joined, but I did get it and I do use it. Great. My question is to become a permanent gold owner and not pay a maintenance fee. They're asking me to pay $34,000 and move up from 623,000 points to a million points and use 500,000 of those points to pay my maintenance fee. I do see that I'm still paying a maintenance fee out of my points. I will get a 35% discount on booking rooms at their resorts and other benefits. Help me know what is best. This is uh, this is scary to me because you'd pay an additional 
$34,000 into the timeshare. And what happens if they go bust? What happens to your money? What happens to the promises? I would not feel comfortable giving that $34,000. I'd rather you pay as you go on the maintenance fees and even pay, not get the discount on the points rather than putting more money into this that could be at risk if the timeshare developer does go insolvent. I I mean, I can't imagine this sounds like a real desire on their part to deal with the cash flow issue Mm -hmm. that they're trying to get this huge amount of money up front from you and from other people. From Danny in California, I've learned so much from you and my own research over the years, and I've developed an absolute passion for helping people with their personal finance decisions. I've recently graduated with my MBA in cybersecurity and supply chain from a state university. Wow. I've been working as a program manager at the school for almost a year, and my contract is near its end. I found out that a financial coach seems to be a good direction to pursue as a career. I've looked through some job postings, and it seems like a number of them are very sales-oriented, trying to sell people insurance or other products. I want to help people better understand and manage their finances, not swindle them out of their money for commission. This goes against my values. Any advice on what companies or positions to look for? Danny, I love your question. And yes, financial coach is a term now being used very heavily by insurance salespeople and commission-based investment salespeople. And so these are people that are obviously not living up to the legal standard known as a fiduciary. What I'd like you to do, Danny, is reach out to people that are fee-only financial planners in your area. You can look at Garrett Planning Network, see who's local. You can look at our guide to how you find a fee-only financial planner. Fiduciary. Fiduciary. And go talk to people who do it. Find out what education they feel is most appropriate for you to get, what certification, whether it's being a certified financial planner or what it would be that they feel is the best path and see if it really does, as you talk to them about what they do every day, what they do for their career, if it appeals to you, and then go get the education you need, the certifications you you need based on what you learn And then you can get out there and you can truly be a real financial coach. That's somebody who's trying to help people without the hidden agenda of what would generate the most commissions for them. And good for you. And this is from Maria in Florida. Clark, I'm looking for a fresh start in my career. And I was wondering, what is the best way to put in your resignation? I don't want to burn any bridges. So first of all, you always make it about you, not them. You say, how much you've loved working there, and you offer a significant notice. You say, uh, um, I believe that the two-week minimum is the absolute minimum. Today, a huge percent of people are quitting jobs and walking out the door right away. Bad news, that does burn bridges. But if you offer to stay for four weeks, let's say, twice what has been customary, you're not going to burn any bridges at all. And you make everything about what you're doing positive. That you said it, you're looking for a fresh start. And you feel like this is the time in your life you should do it. All positive themes. 
Anybody asks, well, what is it about here you don't like? You say, well, I really love this place, even if you don't quite love it. You, you stay positive because anything, even an inkling of negativity you put out there will go towards burning a bridge. So this is about you, not them, you doing things with utmost character, positive character, and being excited about this future that you haven't even necessarily figured out yet, but you feel like this is the time. And speaking of the time, this is the end of today's podcast. I want to thank you so much for joining us. Remember, we serve you around the clock at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com with advice and info you can trust.